So, what if? It's such a good question. Why would we need to ask what if? Well, if we don't ask something outside our usual way of thinking, our neurons, that is our brain cells, fire in the same patterns, much like if you imagine water running down a small creek. As that water continues along the same line, it soon becomes a river. And to get water moving in any different direction, even if it was more beneficial to everything, would be a difficult process. So, with our own brains, uh, it's much better to be like, one could say, a delta. And if you're familiar with that, that's where the water that might have been moving down a you know, quite concentrated river reaches close to an ocean and it starts to fan out over a large shallow area and has many many branches so the water actually reaches a really wide area so what this means in our brain's perspective is when a particular situation comes up we can have so many different possible scenarios with which to address that situation one definition of intelligence that I've heard and I quite liked was the number of different scenarios a person can come up with to solve something. Also, the number of different approaches they can have to a situation or to interpreting a situation. And they gave this great example where they showed young children a paperclip. When I say young, they're preschoolers, like three, four, five, and they asked them what they could do with it. And the fantastic possibilities that came from those young people was an absolute joy to hear. So many different things, on and on, all the different things. And then they did a slightly older set and there were less possibilities and an older set again and less until you got to the, the sort of adult, middle-aged adult group and the possibilities were to uh, hold paper together hold two sheets or hold many sheets, maybe also use it to um, pop the little button in my phones. And that's actually nothing to do with age at all, but it's to do with that neuron firing. Now to keep a young brain, that is keep a brain that has many possibilities uh, coming easily, many interpretations coming easily. All you have to do is keep it like that. And that was a perfect example with the paperclip, but it can happen in any aspect of life. And I think right now in this time when we have many things that are deemed stable currently going through breakdowns um, on a global scale. So it was once that, for example, what was written in the newspapers could be sort of relied upon as some sort of reality. Or what was said on the news came with some authority. Or a religious uh, group or organisation was an example of the ethic and moral standard. Or the politicians were learned people who helped make rules that were good for the people. So they're things that it used to be. It used to be that it was always normal um, to eat meat-free vegetables. <laughs> you know, all these sorts of things are now being questioned. 
should carbohydrates be the biggest intake? Is the food pyramid right or wrong? And that breakdown of many, many old ways of doing things all at once can be destabilizing for people. And when we have changes such as it's not guaranteed that if you've got a university degree you get a job, such as um, if people keep consuming resources and uh, contributing to greenhouse gases the way we are, we're dramatically changing our planet. These are actually really big things and the more those that come um, that give a person a lack of a stable point, the more they're likely to go back to something rigid that they know. So being in that state though, rigid, as we were talking about earlier, means a person comes up with less scenarios or less solutions and generally being less adaptable to the change in situations. So it's actually a counterintuitive outcome. We actually want what those young people showed us, multiple ideas for the paperclip. Like we need multiple ideas for generating energy. So what we're seeing here is the brain in action. It thinks it's a survival, well not thinks, but it, it's designed as a survival mechanism. However, that part of the brain seeks out novel experiences, and that's called the amygdala, actually has less, uh, less attention put to it. That's less neurons, less blood flow, less oxygen. Basically, the amygdala is shut down a little by the brain itself when there are these stressful situations too many unknowns as a survival mechanism to say well at least let's stick with what we do know because it's potentially dangerous out there now there's a lot we don't know and so the shutting down of the amygdala also means the reduction of what one may call risk-seeking behavior but it can also be called a reduction in interest in seeking new things so exactly when we need to be finding new solutions, if we have a lack of knowledge of what's happening, like it's if you are going back to just the old ways, it will be as a response to shutting down because of the so-called perceived stresses, when we actually need to be thinking of brand new innovative solutions. So how does that relate to what we can do with our mind and how we can act in our world? Well, ask yourself, what if? It just allows a permission there to say, okay, well, I'd like to think it's like this or it used to be like this or make this great again or however it used to be is the best. And then say, well, what if we did it this different way? What if it was actually like that? And you can practice this with yourself by finding something that's actually quite outrageous. Something that you really know not to be true. For example, I could say that it's generally agreed that when we breathe in, we take oxygen and other gases into our lungs and there's a moist surface on our inside lung tissue and oxygen moves, also called diffusers, from where we've breathed it in through the lung tissue into the capillaries and that's how we get oxygen into our blood. That's generally accepted. Now if I did the practice of saying what if, I could say what if that wasn't true? What could another mechanism be of oxygen moving into our bloodstream? 
and then allow yourself to be as ridiculous as you like and see how the brain moves and just allow a rapid fire almost could be this one this one this one or this one or slow really unpack it and fold it and again you don't have to prove anything it's an exercise for the brain and i found through this process i've actually come up with things that would have started off as a what if as most unlikely however they've led back to a novel well, at least novel to me a novel viewpoint or a novel solution which would be better than if I had a move down my usual thought processes like the river so ask yourself what if ask other people what if and great to be open to information that is outside your comfort zone and we are getting less of this because if we google things are matched to what we already know so if you've got the opportunity jump on and put in a word or a theme that has nothing to do with you and give yourself something new to learn each day as that will also help your neurons be more like the delta at the end of a river with so many possibilities rather than the one channel wishing you a great day and as you may hear in the background there's a wonderful lot of rain falling in Sydney at the moment and it's so good to see so it's just past full moon lots of celebrations of completions and fantastic rain as we really really have needed it the land is drinking it up